0: strength of the Lord, power of the Lord. Amen. I feel him in this house tonight, grateful for his goodness and his grace. The book of Luke tonight, chapter 14, just a few verses of scripture tonight in your hearing. I won't be long tonight, but I I just want to walk in the word for a few moments tonight. Is that all right? Anybody... Anybody come hungry and ready to receive, expecting, and anticipating, amen, the Lord, to do something? Luke chapter 14, we're going to begin at verse number 15, Luke 14 and verse 15. Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, blessed is he who... Shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I, I have bought five yoke of oxen. and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come so that servant came and reported these things to his master then the master of the house being angry said to his servant go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind and the servant said master it is done as you commanded and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. People invited, but have various excuses. So the master said, Go and get people. We got them, but there's still room. Just look at somebody and tell them there's still room. I'll tell them it's it's your job and it's my job. It's our responsibility to fill the house. That's what I I, want to just teach tonight for a few minutes. Fill the house. As we prepare to go into holy week revival, as you prepare to make your way toward the incredible... Celebration that is Easter Sunday. What if it would be on our minds the next few days? I got to fill the house. Who do I know? Who am I connected to? Who in my sphere of influence is hungry for what I'm feeling right now? Father, I thank you for this incredible church. Thank you for beautiful people that have made their way to Wednesday night worship pray tonight that you would bless that you would speak I'm not asking you tonight Lord to speak subtly or uh, to even speak carefully but to speak thunderously in this room I pray that tonight would be one of those nights that not one single any of us would ever forget the night that you called me to do my part in filling the house thank you lord for your presence it's a comfort it's a strength it's a renewing in my life and i praise you for all that you're doing and we pray in your name and everybody said amen, amen. god bless you tonight as you're seated In the wonderful presence of the Lord, amen. When when, when you begin to read the verses that surround this particular text tonight, you you understand very quickly that Jesus um, did not come just to uh, bless people didn't come just to heal people, didn't come just to, uh, you know, minister to people and and, and to satisfy their temporary needs. He came to uh, instill a purpose in the hearts of those that were following him. Really what you begin to realize is just how serious Jesus was and just how serious he is about time. Time, time, time. I'm trying to get these people that are sitting close to me. I'm trying to get those that are in my presence to understand uh, emphatically that there is only so much time. There's only so much time. And I, I, I realize tonight that it's tough for you and I to grasp because I'm reading from a book that is thousands of years old. I'm recounting a story tonight that uh, happened a long, long, long time ago. And so when we... Consider time when we think about uh, whether or not uh, something is going to be quick or whether or not something is going to be momentary. Uh, It's hard for us to grasp time because the reality is, every single one of us in the room, no matter how old. uh, you are no matter how young you are. We hold on to the hope uh, that forever remains for us. We, we hold on to the hope that uh, we're not going to become sick. We're not going to get that, uh, you know, diagnosis. Uh, uh, that 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 crisis is not going to uh, befall us. Uh, we have forever, and so it's easy to put off. It's easy to procrastinate. It's easy just to push things that are important uh, ahead or aside or or just to tuck them underneath something and and say, you know, I'll get to that later. I'll I'll do that another time. And so Jesus is uh, telling stories. He's, He's doing what he often did. He is using parables and... And using uh, circumstances and using these stories to make sure that he underlines and underscores and puts an exclamation point uh, uh, there and he's telling them, listen, uh, uh, don't waste your time just, uh, you know, uh, spending all of your days eating with family, eating with friends. You, you need to be building relationships with people whom you can help and you need to be building relationships with people uh, that you can sometimes it 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 almost seems counterculture it seems uh, a a little bit crazy because we get into a good church and there's hundreds of people here tonight uh, to choose from we we can be a part of uh, of wonderful friendship groups and and we can be a part of wonderful interest groups and, and 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 we can have Dinner with uh, fantastic people after the service, and we can we can hang out with with, with other great couples uh, on the weekend. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm sure that is promoted uh, all through Christian Life Church uh, community and and belonging and and building relationships with people and growing uh, uh, together. And th- there's a wonderful camaraderie uh, that is established, and there is an incredible strength that is found because uh, I'm with like-minded people and and you strengthen me and I'm able to uh, bless uh, you. But there's just one problem with that. If you're the only people that I know, if you're the only ones that I hang out with, if you're the only ones that I am connected to, you already possess What I have to give away. You already know what I know. And so Jesus is trying to establish the principle that you need to have some people in your life who do not know what you know. Some people in your life who have not experienced what you have experienced. You need to be connected to some people who do not look like you look. Live like you live. Because I am putting an invitation in your hand. I am giving you an opportunity to invite them to the greatest experience of their lives. I want them to sit at my Table, And so he tells this story because one one of those that are hearing him talk, you know, he's kind of the the, the uber spiritual one in the bunch. And he says, oh, won't it be great to sit at that great table in, in heaven? Won't it be wonderful to sit at that wonderful, blessed table in the kingdom of God? So Jesus says, well, let's talk about that a minute he begins to tell this parable about a certain man who gave a great supper and invited many, many. He invited many and he sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come for all things are now Ready. I've been preparing. I've been readying the table. I've been getting the room prepared all. Things are now ready. I want to invite everyone that I know. I want everyone that I come in contact with to know and to experience and to feel and to walk in and to breathe in and to live in this same incredible feeling that I have on this Wednesday night. Go! And tell them that it's time. All things are now ready. Go and get them. Tell them it's time. You See, I, I, I couldn't help but feel on my way from the woodlands this afternoon that I needed to tell Christian Life Church uh, that all things uh, are ready. As we prepare for Holy Week Revival. As we get ready to uh, go into the next couple of Sundays. And the next series uh, of special services. As we uh, prepare to uh, uh, launch into uh, uh, the the Easter to Christmas uh, push. uh, As we prepare uh, to see just what all uh, is possible uh, with what remains of 2014. uh, I can't help but feel feel like from the moment that I walked in the door tonight that all things are ready we're more ready than we've ever been we're more prepared than we've ever been the ministries have been fine-tuned everything is functioning at a premium everything is at optimal capacity we are now ready ready for what? ready to make it more comfortable for us? no ready to to make it run more smooth for our family and our needs? no we are ready for those whom Jesus has invited to the supper we're ready, we're ready, we're ready. See, it takes time to get ready. Great churches do not happen overnight. Great ministries are not built overnight. Doesn't matter who you meet that says they had 5,000 their first year. Great churches are not built overnight. Overnight. Great things do not happen without investment, without time, without energy being exposed without sweat without tears without heartbreak without some disappointment but here we are tonight here we stand on a Wednesday night to say you know what all things are ready we've been working on the culture for years we've been preparing the atmosphere for years the environment has been built for years we stand at. They're ready. And we want to invite everyone. So he said, tell those that I've invited that all things are now ready. But as soon as everything was ready, the Bible said that all of them with one accord, all of them with the same heart, all of them distracted just as much all of them with different excuses but all of them motivated by the same spirit or the same attitude, all of them began to excuse themselves, all of them begin to say for various reasons, one thing or another, this, that and everything in between we cannot come, we are not prepared, this is not the time, you've met them I've met them, I'm gonna come to church. One day, I, I, I'm going to do what I know is right. One day, I, I'm going to. I'm going to get there. Maybe I'll come on Easter, but for one reason or another, all of them said no. No, I, 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 I won't be there. Go ahead and get me an excuse. Go ahead and let them know that I send my regrets. And so the master saying you know what this will not be wasted this will not be lost i want you to go into the streets. And I want you uh, to go. Uh, into uh, the lanes. Uh, I want you to go. Uh, and tell all people. I want you to go. And tell everyone. Uh, I want you to go. And let the lame know. Uh, I want you to know. Go and let the blind know. Uh, I want you to go. Uh, and allow the maimed. Uh, to experience it. Uh, I want you to go. Uh, and get everyone. Uh, I want you to feel The House. I want every single person, no matter what color they are, no matter what social standing they're in, no matter what class they're from, I want you to fill the house with every single person because everyone deserves to experience this. Fill the house. Fill the house. But, but, but isn't this odd? You're, 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 you're declaring and preaching that we should fill the house, but you're saying it to a full house. But see, a full house is not a number. A full house is not people from one side to the other. A full house is a mindset. It, it, it is a motivating factor. Fill the house. Is it doesn't matter that it's full on Wednesday night. It doesn't matter that it's full twice on Sundays and overflowing in classrooms and, and, and in student ministries and, and various opportunities fill the house. It doesn't mean we stop when we fill up the service. See, it's too easy. It's too easy for, for we as leaders. It's too easy for we as the core, the core of this house and the strength of this house to say, wow, we, we are successful and you are. We are blessed and you are. I'm certainly not here to challenge any of that, but I am here to just try to declare a word from the Lord on this Wednesday night to say, hey, just because you filled up one Wednesday night service, maybe we ought to think about a second midweek service. It's why pastors bribing and begging and pleading with concrete people and pavers and whoever else is driving up and down the street who needs a job, come help us strike, come help us pour, come help us prepare. Why? Because it means that we can fill the house. It means we can do what Jesus has asked us to do. Oh, but that, that neighbor that I've been inviting, they, they said they couldn't come. That's alright. He said go and find someone else. That coworker that I've been so uh, uh, burdened for, that I, uh, that friend that I've had uh, on my mind, uh, they, they, they're just not ready. Uh, they they have an excuse every time I invite them. That's okay. Uh, there's someone else uh, in your world. Uh, there's someone else uh, on your street. Uh, there's someone else another door or two uh, down, and they uh, may uh, be ready. Uh, Go get the blind. Go get the lame. Go get the man. Go get people that are hurting. And fill the house. What would happen? What would happen at Christian Life Church if the creatives in this house, if the dreamers in this house, if those that see beyond right here and right now would say, What can we? Do? Do. We're waiting on the pastor to come and tell us no. We ought to be tapping on the pastor's door saying, Hey, I've got an idea for how we can get another hundred people in the early service. I've got an idea for how we can get another 50 people in the second service. Why? Because I met some more blind people today. I met some more lame people today. I just found another maimed couple. I just met another broken marriage. I just met another hurting pro- I've got to figure What can we do? What can we do? Do do, do we become intoxicated at our own success and say we've done enough? Do we fill it up and say, well, I think that's good for now. Oh yeah, there, there are seasons where we rest corporately. There are seasons where we just... Breathe spiritually and the Lord makes sure that we have what we need. And then then there are harvest seasons. There are seasons where the growth is exponential. There are seasons where the harvest is unexplainable. There are seasons where the baptism numbers just boggle our mind and we're left to say, where are these people coming from? How did they find out about this church? How do they even know what what is happening here on Westgate Boulevard? We don't know. All we know is that I met a blind person. I met a hurting person. And I said, come on, you got to come see a man that did something in my life. You've got to come and experience some help. You've got to come and experience the power of Jesus and his ability to turn your life around. We got to fill the house. And they did it. They did it one time and they went to the master and they said, Hey, hey, we did it. Well, awesome. How many seats are open? Well, there, there's still some room. Okay. Listen go into the highways and go into the hedges. And compel them to come. Now, I, I, I'm just, I'm going to be real with you tonight. Is that all right? I'm going to tell you the reason that we don't compel people. Compel literally means to like wrestle, you know. To implore them. We're, you know, I, I'm scared to give people invite cards. You know, I, I, you probably don't want this, but here maybe The reason that we don't compel people is because the lines are so blurred in the church world but I'm not sure we're convinced that anyone is actually lost I don't, I don't, I don't mean that with any arrogance whatsoever. But you know, if the country star just mumbles the word God, then it's trending on Facebook within moments. is tight I mean do we really believe this Bible that there is right and there is wrong and there is in and there is out and there is up and there is down and there's something about the word of God that is definitive and certain and specific and my job is to tell everyone i know now 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 I, i've got to do that with a right heart and a right spirit and the reason that make what makes this church such an incredible success is that there's nothing judgmental about this house and there's nothing nothing in your face toward others and there's nothing unkind toward others and Lord help us never, 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 never to think it is our right to to put anyone in hell, to to, to think it our right to to tell anyone that they, no, 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 we are supposed to operate in love and I'm not saying that you need to assume everyone that you meet is unsaved but I'm talking about an urgency that has to grip every single single one of us to say I've got to make sure that everyone I know I don't want to become the family member that's on everyone's nerves I don't want to lose my invite to Thanksgiving dinner or any dinner It's not a license to be obnoxious with my faith. But I guarantee you, I'm not gonna sneak my way to church. If you don't see me posting in the next couple of hours, just you know, I'll just be out for a little bit. Be back with y'all later. Where are you going? Oh, just just out. Sunday morning, 10 o'clock. I'll, I'll, just be, I'll, I'll be back. I'm not going to hide my light under the bushel. I want to share my faith. I don't want to be ashamed of the gospel that saved me. Fill the house. See, great churches are made up of great people. Great churches are not great because of buildings. Great churches are not great because of lights. Great churches are not great. Great churches are great because of people. I I, I believe there are five, Just, just quickly... I believe there are five, five people that are found in every great church. Five people that are found in every great church. First of all, in order to have a great church, you've got to have bringers. have got to have people that bring people to church. That's what these people are. He's teaching them we need bringers in the house we need people who will go into the highways and who will tell everyone that they know that they need to be they ought to be they want to be in the house of God when you look at Andrew you remember when Jesus was feeding the multiple thousands of people the five thousand with loaves and fish the Bible said that Andrew brought a lad to Jesus Brought a boy who had the resource. Brought brought someone who possessed what Jesus was looking for in order to bring about an incredible and awesome miracle. The Bible said that Andrew brought him. He was a bringer. The Bible said that when Andrew met Jesus, he met him before his brother Peter, but he went to Peter and said, hey, you've got to come and see. He brought, the Bible said, Peter to Jesus. He brought him. He brought him. I might argue that we wouldn't have Pentecost if Andrew wasn't a bringer. Who knows, but the person in your sphere of influence, the person in in your circle, the person that you're connected to, they may be the catalyst for the next harvest that Christian Life Church experiences. And they can ride in your car this Sunday. They can come with an invite card in their hand saying, I'm looking for, yeah, there they are right there. They invited me to the church I want to be a bringer secondly we need connectors in order to have a great church we got to have connectors or those who disciple we got to have people who connect others to God who connect people to other people read in the book of Acts about Priscilla and Aquila The Bible said that when they met Apollos, he was was, uh, very versed and very learned and he was an eloquent man. But the more they listened to him teach, and 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 how much he knew about the scripture, the, the the Bible said that they 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 just brought him under their wing. They just connected him and said, "Come on, you 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 have some incredible knowledge, but we we just want to connect you to something deeper. We just want to connect you to something more. We just want to connect you uh, to something uh, further. Just want to connect you." connect you. You get to Romans chapter 16. Paul says greet Priscilla and Aquila my fellow workers in Christ Jesus who risked their own necks for my life to whom not only I give thanks but also all the churches of the Gentiles. These two women connected me. These two people connected me to the house of God. Thirdly, thirdly, to have a great church, we need givers. We need givers. We need givers. Somewhere along the way, there are givers who, a long time ago, stopped calculating percentages. Who stopped trying to get it exact and just said, you know what? I want to give. I want to live my life open-handed I want to finance the miracle. I want to finance the revival. I want to finance the good things that God is wanting to do. Christian life, church needs uh, givers. We're blessed. God is good. I'm talking about next level stuff. Where parking lots are not a problem. Givers. Number four, we need censors. We need people who are sensitive to the Spirit. We need people who understand the moving of God's presence. Now let me qualify that. We don't need weird people. I know we're keeping Austin weird, but that's only like in restaurants and... On six we, we need sane, normal folk up in the church. We need censors. We, we, I'm not talking about people that disrupt and people that bring attention on themselves. I'm talking about people that know what it's like to just be able to walk up to somebody and say, Hey, I'm praying for you. I'm, I'm asking God to do something for you. I don't know why I had a dream about you last night. And we both had our clothes on. It was all right. I, I don't know why I've had you on my mind. But I want you to know that God has something for you. We, we, we just got out of eight days in, in, in Texas Children's with my son Saturday afternoon and this this sweet little housekeeper came into the room one day and, and, and there was a doctor that was there sitting in a chair talking to my son and I and she came in and was doing what she needed to do and, you know, her job was just to be invisible and, and just to be out of the way and take care of the room and the doctor never even gave her a second glance, never even looked her way and, and, and I had my computer and was making plans and trying to take care of business and, 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 and we're trying to treat my son and I, I just kept noticing this lady would sweep a few strokes and then she would stop and she would just look at me There was something in her eyes. I I can't explain it to you but to say that she's a censor. She would sweep another few strokes and then she would look at my son. She'd look back at me. The doctor was busy and and, and only had so much time and she knew better than to interrupt. And so she went out the door and I interrupted the doctor. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. And she looked again and there was something communicating between us. And the next day, I didn't tell my wife. My wife was at the hospital and she said, Daryl, there was a, there was a lady that was in the room today and doctors and specialists and people coming every hour. And so I'm, I'm waiting on the doctor report. And she said, I, she was with housekeeping and immediately I knew. broken English thick accent she looked at my wife I'm supposed to clean but I need to pray for your son I was in this room yesterday I don't know who your husband is I don't know who that man is, and I don't know this child's name, but I sense destiny. I sense calling. I attend Second Baptist Church in Houston. Dr. Ed Young is my pastor. I'm from Nigeria. My wife said she opened up her mouth and God came close. Censors. Christian Life Church needs some censors. We got singers. We need censors. We got creativity. We need censors. To say this is still a spirit-filled house. It's not weird. I long for someone who can still lay hands on the sick and they don't leave with the same disease but they are healed and set free. They come to church and they don't remain addicted. But there is deliverance. Because sickness can't stay any longer. Fifth, every great church. Needs kind people. <laughs> Seems elementary in this house because you're a beautiful, incredible people. You embrace everyone. But I, I pray that we're reminded on this Wednesday night that people walk into this house. they are overcome with a loneliness that is so gripping. They come with a sadness that is so debilitating. And when you smile in their direction, and when you wrap arms around them and embrace, there is healing. Feel God in this room. I feel God in this room. I don't know where you're going to put on Pastor Jay. I don't know what you're going to do, Mitch. If it's another service, if it's three more services. Doesn't matter. Feel the house. Fill the house And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.